Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In this Sundance award-winning film, two men search, each search in their quiet solitude to begin a new life amidst unspoken need for encouragement and support. Martin Bonner has just moved to Reno from the East Coast, leaving his two adult children and a life he spent more than two decades building. Having recently declared bankruptcy, he's working on a new job as a volunteer to helping prisoners transition to freedom. Travis Holloway is a recently released prisoner in the program sent back into the world with nothing, who's also finding life difficult to adjust to. Their two lives, the lives of Martin and Travis, begin to converge as they find that they have something in common. We're joined today by the director of this wonderful film, This is Martin Bonner. The director is Chad Hartigan. Chad, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. And again, I, I, I meant it when I said this is just a, a, a beautifully rendered study or story of these two men who are truly struggling um, to find kind of a new way, a new path in their life. Uh, I know you're also the writer of this film. Uh, tell me a little bit about the genesis of the story, and and uh, we'll get into uh, how the film got made in a little bit. But tell us a little bit about the story. Sure. Um, it came about because my dad, in real life, at age 55, uh, lost his job and was unemployed for a bit. And then when he finally found a new one, it required him to move to Leesburg, Virginia, which was this town that I'd never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And I just started to wonder what that transition was going to be like for him, uh, how he was going to spend his free time totally alone, and if he was going to try and make new friends. I mean, what that process would be like for someone at his age. And uh, all those little ideas um, felt like stuff that I hadn't seen explored in a movie that at least I could think of. So uh, that excited me enough to start uh, developing it. And then in, in real life as well, he, is, he really did work for a program, a nonprofit that kind of helps prisoners. Mm-hmm. And the more he told me about that world... Uh, the more interesting I found it, and decided to create another character uh, in that in that program. I, I say this as a compliment, so I don't I don't know how this is going to sound, but in in some ways, just as you're describing this, this film it feels like a documentary in the sense that it's a window into a world with which most of us will never know or be familiar with. It's certainly at the level that this film is able to convey, and. Um, it so there's a lot of new territory for me as a viewer. Uh, just how do people come out of prison? Generally in Hollywood, when this kind of a story is being told, there's some kind of gang allegiance and violence involved and gunplay, yeah. and people are you know out of their minds. And, and in this film, it's such a quiet and moving portrayal on the. And I really uh, you know we'll get to the the, the the particular actors involved here, but just their characters are so real and and i and 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 done tell me a little bit about the character development here now obviously your father was somewhat of a um an inspiration for martin tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. travis how did he come to you uh well truthfully i think maybe the secret is not doing a lot of research (laughs) okay because 
I'm with you. Like, I had no idea what it's actually like getting out of prison. Um, and I, I knew what I'd seen in movies, and I knew what I wanted to not do. Um, but I, I didn't really have the resources or the opportunity to actually go to meet prisoners or do extensive research and interviews, so I had to keep it kind of um, close to, to what I did know. And so I just uh, tried to boil it down to stuff that I could personally relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, an specific example is I was at the DMV when I was writing the movie, and I was like, man, I wonder what it would be like to have to be at the DMV trying to get your license again if it had been revoked for uh, 12 years. Yeah. And then I just looked that specific thing up and found out what it entailed, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. Uh, and so I wrote that scene in the movie, yeah. which... Uh, is is so specific, but illustrates in such a broad way exactly all of the troubles that this character is going to have to have in his life. Um, because I've always felt that uh, specificity is the key to universality, um, and if you try to be really universal about it, it's just going to not hit home with anybody. Yeah. Well, in that particular scene, uh, Chad, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Chad Hardigan, and the film is This Is Martin Bonner. Uh, you can find out more about this. You can go to thisismartinbonner.com, also through um, com, which is the distributor for the film. And um, by the way, uh, this was uh, a, a Spirit Award-winning, uh, I mean, nominee for uh, for the John Cassavetes Award, so... Uh, it's and, and and the reviews are just remarkable. The film has been very well received, um, but I want to go back to that specific scene um, you're talking about, where Travis is trying to get a, a driver's license. This seemingly, you know, simple idea to to start with, but what I was struck about that particular scene is the uh, the DMV official who was conveying the information to telling uh, uh, Travis how he was gonna, what was going to happen and the 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 subtle but but obvious barriers that faced him and and almost the the uh, nonchalance in which it was was told to Travis by this guy from the DMV that basically you're screwed dude <laughs> but however come back to us you know and very happily he said these things to him it was interesting dynamic yeah and and that, uh, we, uh, when we got to Reno, we went to the DMV as one of the first places because we thought that the paperwork to get permission to shoot there was just going to be, like, so astronomical and lengthy. So we went there immediately, and we asked someone who's like, who's in charge? And they're like, this guy. Yeah. They're like, um, is it possible for us to shoot a movie here? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'd be in it. And uh, we're like, sure. So that's the real DMV guy, and he's incredible in the scene. He is. He is incredible. That's amazing. That that's really. But well, it, it, then that authenticity is bleeding into this into this scene. But again, the the sort of nonchalance, the sort of cavalier way that he's telling this man who, in this day and age and in, in society, a, the need for a car, automobile mobility is absolutely crucial, especially for someone who's struggling to establish themselves. But this kind of cavalier way that he's telling this guy, not in a mean way, but just in a no. kind of kind of a you know, sorry. I mean, not even sorry. Just sell you know, yeah. a really great scene. Yeah. It really, and you're right. It establishes an awful lot about Travis and his trajectory in the film as well. Yeah. 
Now, um, again, uh, and I, the the two the principal actors in this film uh, is Paul, and I make sure I'm saying his his last name is it In Inhorn. How, am I saying Inhorn? Yeah, yeah exactly. In, Paul Inhorn plays uh, Martin Bonner, and then uh, Richmond Arquette plays the part of Travis Holloway, the the prisoner who's recently been released. Tell me about the casting of this. I've never seen either one of these uh, gentlemen in a film, so obviously, sure. t- tell me a little bit about um, getting casting them. I uh, years and years and years ago uh, had a job where I filmed uh, behind the scenes of uh, a movie that David Arquette directed called The Tripper, and uh, Richmond was in that. Richmond is David's brother. Okay. Um, and uh, I thought he was really funny and really uh, cool. And and I was like, I don't understand. Like this, all this guy's got like four brothers and sisters that are all famous, and he's like the the best one. Uh, he's not famous, so I had him in mind when I wrote the part of Travis because uh, I wanted to give him a really good role um, that I knew he could do well. Uh, but then for Martin, I held open auditions, and uh, Paul came in. He actually flew himself down from Seattle um, on a whim which is not something that he's ever done before because he was feeling uh, a little frustrated after years and years of struggling in Seattle to find good parts. And then finally he saw this very, very uh, vague breakdown that probably just said Martin Bonner, late 50s, nice guy, nothing like eye-catching, nothing that said great role, really. Yeah. Um, but he flew himself down and auditioned and, and got the part based on this little feeling he had in Seattle. Now, now, Chad, what, was the script fully formed in the, uh, while you were casting? Did did Martin, or did, I should say Paul or Richmond, uh, their casting of them, did it add something to the, Did you feel the need to add something Did in the process of making the film? Because it, this is such, these are two such natural performances. Nothing about them feels forced in, in any of these scenes, which is just remarkable to me, uh, and especially in a story that's very, sort of obscure, you know, you would sometimes filmmakers tend to try to push it a little bit, but there's nothing in there. Did anything in in them as they're being those characters? Did you did you tweak uh, tweak the script, or was it fully formed when when they sat down to do the film? It was definitely uh, a script, but uh, part of the way that I like to work is real human being uh, involved uh, in that capacity. I like and mine them for anything that, that might be better than what I had come up with. And and we definitely did that. For example, Paul's real band from the 60s. Oh, yeah. Copyright. <laughs> uh, as soon as I found out that that existed, I had to do it because the song is so good. Um, so I rewrote to incorporate that. And, and then I also uh, saw uh, one day Richmond posted on Facebook that uh, picture of him when he was 14 years old. Right. Uh, and I was like, well, i got to put that in the movie, too. Um, okay. So I think that it's it's a luxury to have people, real people attached to these characters after a certain point, because then uh, you can add very, very specific details that make them seem more authentic. Once again, going back to the idea that you had talked about earlier, which is that specificity gives yeah. authenticity to, to these 
to these circumstances, and it certainly does in this. And, you know, watching your film, uh, by the way, again, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with uh, Chad Hartigan, uh, and the film is This is Martin Bonner. And again, it's a Spirit Award nominee for the John Cassavetes Award, which is a pretty cool award to be uh, involved with at all, uh, and the Spirit Awards as well, which congratulations yeah. on that. And and yeah. as I said, the, uh, the, the film... Uh, this is Martin Bonner has been, uh, I, you know, needless. I, it's redundant to say how just how much uh, acclaim it's received. And, um, you know, Village Voice, uh, L.A. Times, I mean, a, a master, minimalist masterpiece, a striking moving O to uh, life's lived day to day. And that that is among the strengths of this is that the, the authenticity of this film comes back to. The quiet moments, the, the 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 conversation, the phone calls to um, from Martin to his uh, daughter and his son, um, he uh, he's he's just terrific in this film, and he he really really made this cam- this character come to life. Um, yeah, I hope that uh, it, it because of this film, he got uh, a part in another independent film uh, that a friend of mine was making, and that just premiered at Sundance this week, uh, and it was huge success and it was picked up by Sony Classics some of the theaters and uh, I think it, it really is the start of a, a exciting new chapter for this actor who's been at it for 30 years and and finally yeah. having people enjoy his work yeah and that's 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 great to hear and and, and one of the things is uh, in this performance that I was particularly struck by the the lack of or the absence, I should say, is a better way to say it. Of of sort of mannerisms, there's no mannerisms in his performance, and which just you like him more and more as the film goes on. And it's he's just a very compelling character, first of all. Um, and then and that's another thing about the script; it's very nuanced, uh, just in terms of uh, we get kind of brushstrokes of of their past. We don't, we, yeah. we, not a lot of information, and it, and it allows the actors to really kind of fill it in with their performances. Um, yeah, and I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to say that, uh, actually, I'll, I'll take that compliment all day long, but uh, when it was just a script, and I would send it to people, and people were critiquing it as a script, a lot of them felt that the Martin character was not dynamic enough, and that it was a little bit just kind of uh, <clears throat> stagnant. Uh, whereas the Travis character had a lot more going on and a lot more uh, of a journey. And I disregarded that because I had an instinct, uh, but it's truly a testament to Paul that no one has ever said that about the movie because they watch the movie and they see Paul and he fills in all of the gaps. And he has just in his eyes and in his face everything that you need to know, and nobody has ever said that it's not a dynamic character because of Paul. Well, that's... well. Uh, they're they're right. <laughs> that no one has ever said that. That uh, and 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 another thing, uh, just I, I'm curious about your your influences, the uh, filmmakers that uh, that you admire, because I, I'm I'm hard pressed to really compare. It's it definitely when they say minimalist uh, filmmaking. I, I'm try, I was just struggling to fi- to sort of as a touchstone to explain to the audience if for no other reason what your film looks like and feels like. And, and uh, are there people filmmakers that you respect and admire that have influenced your filmmaking? Yeah, well, the number one influence uh, in a general sense for this movie was Steve McQueen's Hunger. 
Okay. Even though this movie has nothing to do with that, but like just how accomplished the visuals were in Hunger and how ambitious it was as a story, it, it empowered me to try and do something outside of my comfort level mm. and and try and make it as good as possible. And then there's a, there's some specific shots and stuff that are kind of stolen from Hunger. Okay. But in general, I was I was watching a lot of uh, European films. And the, like the films from the Romanian New Wave were very inspiring to me, and uh, some American films that have been classified as like neo realism, mm. uh, or maybe it's even neo neo realism. But uh, stuff like Wendy and Lucy, the Kelly Reichardt movie, yeah, or um, uh, Sugar by oh. Ryan Fleck and Anna Boden. I, I I thought that those movies that uh, really just were very grounded and very realistic, um, and were not so concerned with huge plot developments. Um, those were inspiring too. You, you, but uh, the style of the film is not. We wanted to go against the sort of like gritty yeah. uh, handheld of those kinds of films. So. Right, and you've just reminded me of another film by her, um, which was uh, Treeless Mountain. That 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 sort oh, of yeah. this this is this is now thank you. <laughs> it's it sort it, it has a feel like Treeless Mountain. I, I which I just love that movie and just tell everybody I know to go see to check it out. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, okay that 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 helps uh, again for people who in this audience uh, the uh, film school audience who uh, are familiar with these films. Um, that's I think a good touchstone for it. Um, well. Uh, what what moving forward? I I, know, I assume that you you were just talking about your friend at Sundance. Are you working on anything uh, currently? Yeah, I wrote a new script uh, during the the past year when I was traveling a lot with this movie, and I'm really excited about it. And obviously, the success of Martin Bonner at Sundance and the Spirit Awards has opened a lot of doors, but it's still difficult in in a way that. Uh, Makes sense now that I'm here, but I wouldn't have thought. I thought I would have thought before, like, oh yeah, you you win at Sundance, you get Spirit Award. I just no, the world's your oyster. Yeah. But um, the reality is that uh, because I want to do something much larger and much different, that it's essentially like starting from scratch. But I have a lot more people interested in helping and a lot more uh, avenues to explore. But uh, it's uh, I'm a film that I wrote about. Teenagers in living in Germany, okay, and uh, so yeah. people aren't aren't exactly lining up to throw money at it. <laughs> well, again, but I think it's going to be a really good movie. Oh, you know, I'm sure. I'm I'm supremely confident it'll be a good film, uh, Chad. Now, uh, speaking of the Sundance, where I didn't mention that earlier, but it was the Sundance Next Award is what the, the this is Martin Bonner won, correct? Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, then believe me, I mean, I it, that certainly is. You know, it doesn't hurt moving forward when when people are looking, uh, at, you know, at, at future films by your by yourself. Tell me. Um, also, Kickstarter had uh, had played a part in in your film. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, trying to make long story short, we, uh, my producers and I, wanted to try and raise two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make this movie, and. No, we didn't know how to do that, and we didn't really have the connection to even think about doing that. But that was what our mindset was for a full year and a half, uh, until finally I was so frustrated with it not happening that I was like, well, let's just do a Kickstarter to start us off, 
uh, see how much we can get, and then maybe we can start raising money off of that. Yeah. So we did a Kickstarter um, and raised eleven thousand um, dollars, which was enough for me to quit my job, and I, I moved up to Reno, and I was I said I'm not coming back to LA until I've raised the rest of the money and we've made this movie. I don't care how long it takes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and no money, no other money ever really materialized. Like, but we we did finally find one guy who uh, gave us about five thousand dollars to work with, and then I put a bunch of money on my credit cards, and we just started going and and paying for things as they came up. And if we couldn't afford them, then I would rewrite the scene so that we didn't have to yeah. shoot at that location or do something else. And yeah. so we just kind of. Scraped our way through to the end, and, and at the end we we had only spent forty two thousand making the whole thing. So that's that's amazing. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. And again, I mean, sort of this, uh, you know, uh, necessity is you know is the mother of invention idea here. That you really you become um, it be, you're you become a, a very uh, adaptive, uh, resourceful filmmaker as a result of it. And and obviously it was a Absolutely. it was it was a labor of love. And uh, I really. You know, I, I say this very rarely, but you know, these are the kind of movies. The reason I'm doing this show is because they're great stories. The characters, the actors are so wonderful, um, and you know, for a lot of you know reasons of the the uh, tyranny of the marketplace, they don't get the kind of attention that they deserve. And uh, so, I'm just really honored to have you on the show today, and um, look forward to future work from you, and hope hope that you know the Spirit Awards. Uh, Offer you another kind of a, a platform from which to uh, to expand your craft. Oh yeah, I've already got my speech planned out. There you, if, go. Uh, there you go. We get on that stage. Well, wonderful. But, uh, well, thank you. And and uh, if anybody is interested, the movie is out on Netflix and iTunes and all that. Okay, good to know. Netflix and iTunes, and then as I said, uh, Monterey Media is the distributor. That, and you go to MontereyMedia.com and check out Martin as well as this is Martin. Bonner the dot com the website that people can find out uh, a little more about the the film itself and uh, hey congratulations man and I, I look forward and hope you'll find some time uh, with your next project to come back and see us absolutely thank you thank you Chad take care all right bye bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.